she asked the judge. He was an ungodly man. This is what I do every morning for you, for the kingdom of God, led by the Spirit. Come on, God, we need breakthrough in that person's life. That marriage needs to get mended. That net is broke. Repair it, restore it, Lord. They need a catch in their life. Never forget this. This is what this is what mature prayer is. I ain't going away. I know what you said. I know what you promised. That door gonna open. Ding dong. I'm pressing the bump, pressing every button in the Word of God. I want it, Lord. You promised it. It's mine by faith. The Bible says, whatever when you pray, whatever you desire when you pray, believe. You have received, and you will eventually have. I'm going to just irritate y'all a little while. Don't give up so quick. Don't stop. Mature people don't do that. You wait on the Lord, what happens? You get stronger. Most people just faint. If you don't believe to see the goodness of the Lord, you'll faint. When you wait on the Lord, you start mounting up with wings like an eagle. You start seeing the whole picture. I didn't plan this. <laughs> I'm going to irritate you a little longer. You need to keep pressing. Lady with the issue of blood, didn't matter what got in her way, she was going for it. She knew if she could touch the hem of his garment, she'd have what she needed. Come on, somebody. How about the Siphonician woman? What did I say? Syro! The Canaanite woman. She wasn't sitting at the table with the big shot. She was a little shot. And she asked for just a crumb. And the Lord said, no, it's for the big shots. It's for the, the grown-up children of God. And the Lord called her a dog. Even the dogs eat crumbs. She wouldn't give up. She stepped out of a dispensation time and got something she shouldn't have gotten. I believe it was worth it. But if you go through the prayer that I send out, just pray every one of those things. Even the events that we have coming up. We're going to be uh, doing an outreach at uh, Walmart. Just pray. Hearts would be open. We'd have great favor. Come on, just go through everything. Every, everything that's on my heart is very simple. It's not complicated. And I just want everybody on our prayer schedule just to pray those things whenever your allotted time comes up. And if you're not on our schedule, we'd love for you to be on our schedule. What you got there, Cole? How about it? What you go get? Oh, there it is. How many of y'all know what this is? <laughs> we weighed in Wednesday night. And the Lord just put it on my heart. When we become aware of things that are not right, that's the first step to getting it right. And sometimes you need to be challenged. 
Sometimes just the Holy Spirit will convict you of some things. And uh, I want people in this church to be healthy, and I want them to have longevity because you have a great call on your life. And the Lord needs you, and we need you. And so we need to be fit. We need to be fit spirit, soul, and body. We started Wednesday night. I already lost four pounds. I don't even know how it happened. You know what I did? And listen, just hear me. Don't hear the voice of the devil. Just hear me. Y'all ready for this? I just repented from not taking care of myself. And the Lord just started dealing with me of what I need to do. We were at the brother's uh, meeting last night, Brother Anton. Great, great time with y'all. Good to have you here. <clears throat> and matter of fact, he has a new book he just put out. I didn't read it, so I trust it's good. And uh, But I will get around to reading it. And uh, anyway, we sitting down, had this great meal. And of course, you know, it was healthy, the meal, really. I ate fish and string beans. And then the, what do they call it? Mississippi mud pie came by and I've already opened my mouth and told the church what we're going to do so there's the temptation right there and so I had every right my appetite and the cravings were all there stuff was running down my mouth this was a wad of chocolate and so what I did I took my spoon and I took two little bitty bites and it was like oh And I just pushed it away. And my wife put it in the refrigerator. And I saw it this morning. And I said, I'm not touching you. I just decided. You just got to make a decision about some things you're just not going to fool with. It's just something. When the temptations come, you just decide God is faithful. That's why he's faithful is when the temptation comes. So I basically... I really did. Anybody ever repent of sin? So I just repented of not taking care of my body correctly. I did it. I'm not asking anybody else to do that. And I'm telling you, mercy and grace kicked in. Y'all know mercy and grace? They following you. They want you. <laughs> and I'm telling you, just being aware of what the Lord spoke to me and keeping it on my mind, it guides me and leads me throughout every day. Come on, somebody. And you might say, well, I pastor, you started it, but nobody ever finishes it. Shut your mouth. I'm going to finish this thing. I'm going to look fine. We need to look good. What you laughing at? You laughing at me or with me? <laughs> But if he can talk to us about our weight, just think of all the other things he wants to talk to us about. And so we're on. And uh, we signed up 20 people Wednesday night. And I'm looking for 20 more. Talk to Lacey right after service. And this is what we did. This is what most Christians do. They plan to do something down the road. Now is the time. We decided we're going to do this before Thanksgiving, before Christmas, and before New Year. 
So we're going to have a jump on everybody else that will plan the first of the year and then don't follow through the third month. We're going to be already on it, running in this thing. Are y'all good with this? Amen. So talk to Lacey right after church. And the Lord gave me the plan. He gave me this plan. It's so simple. It's called the selfie diet. And everybody is full of self. Everybody takes selfies. So he gave, it's, it just, it's what I come up with, the selfie, selfie plan. Start eating less food. Implement exercise. Simple. It's not what you eat, it's you eat, we eat too much. You can eat anything. I eat anything. I have eaten. I've eaten things. If I would mention it right now, you'd go nuts. Some of it's alive. I mean things that even people in Louisiana don't eat. But you understand, our problem is not what we eat. That is a factor. But the biggest problem is we just eat too much. And then there's no exercise. So just start right there. All right? And on the 18th, we're going to weigh in, and we're going to see what the Lord is doing. Who's in? <clears throat> Who wants to be in that's not in? Okay. That's okay. No pressure. No pressure. Y'all ready for the word now? I'm going to read you a scripture. This is probably the most terrifying scripture in the whole Bible. Y'all know those terrifying scriptures? There's scriptures that just scare you. And I mean, I know the Lord loves me, but my God, how did that get in there? Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. That is, that is sinner right there. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me who practice lawlessness. Y'all know that scripture? I had a whole message on that scripture this morning up until about 8 o'clock. I was going to, you know, we, we, we're in discipleship. And you need to know who you're listening to. And you need to have some truth inside of you, enough truth and enough sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that you can spot a false prophet. And so I was going to teach all morning on how to spot a false prophet but I'm not. You know, I just, I started thinking about it. And you may have heard teachings on that. I'm going to just do a few other things before I do that. And the Lord just like cut me off because I'm like, why do we need to know about a false prophet when we have our own self-deception? If we're deceiving ourselves in areas we don't need to worry about the false prophets. <laughs> I mean, we're doing enough damage right there. 
deceiving ourselves. And that the Bible talks about it all over the place. Don't deceive yourself. God's not mocked. Don't deceive yourself. What you sow is what you reap. It's, it's all over the Bible. Don't deceive yourself. So that tells me you can be deceived. And the worst thing about deception is you don't know you're being deceived. You're not thinking you're being deceived. And I tell you, just over the last six months, I've dealt with a lot of people that just are deceived. And they're fighting God. And they're hurting themselves. And they're hurting their family. And they're shipwrecking their faith. And they're missing out on the call and the privileges that they have in Christ. And I'm telling you, the most painful thing in the world is you're trying to help somebody and they won't let you help them. Now, we can't get mad. We can't throw a fit or we become just like them frustrated on the inside but that's that's a big in discipleship you have to learn how to be patient with people if you're mentoring people they're gonna mess up you messed up little ugly thing you know you did and so when we are we are discipling people you understand they don't know what you know so they are going to make mistakes they're gonna have to practice some things and so we don't want to be too harsh, but yet at the same time, we need to be firm. We need to hold them accountable. We need to tell them what they did wrong. Now, we were good about that in the world, telling people what they did wrong. But we didn't have a good reason or because or let's do it this way. There wasn't much good correction and a new aim now. Are y'all with me? And so if we're going to disciple people, we have to be uh, patient, And so part of discipleship is, is helping people see right. An, an eye to see, an ear to hear, and a heart to really understand what God has in store for them or what God has already prepared for them. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But, but growing up in Christ, it's the stages and uh, phases and the process that we're going through to actually grow up in the Lord. And part of the conflict that we have with disciples is they're deceived in areas or they have mindsets that have spoken to them for so long it deceives them and they can't see a truth to get a breakthrough or they can't see the whole picture. Y'all, are y'all really with me? And so I decided I'm not going to talk about false prophets I'm gonna talk about you and I I'm gonna talk about us us that's plural for us and so I started thinking about uh, I'm gonna go ahead and read it let's read it first Samuel 15 verse 7 this is the story about Saul he was deceived now he was called by God anointed by God but later rejected by God because he was deceived. And he got in this place of somewhat stubbornness, arrogance, and he just kind of weighed good and evil and kind of thought he was okay, but he wasn't okay. So let's read it. Verse 7, chapter 15, 1 Samuel. And Saul attacked the Alamite, Amalek, Amalekites, Amalekites, those people from Havilah, 
all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. Now, I know you heard this, but you hadn't heard it like this. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good and were unwillingly unwilling to utterly destroy them because everything despised and worthless that they utterly destroyed. In other words, they kept what was good, destroyed what was bad in his mind. Now God was basically, judgment was coming on Israel because they disobeyed the Lord and he was dealing with them and he was going to deal with them through Saul. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I greatly re regret that I have set up Saul as king for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel and he cried out to the Lord all night. How many people, you know, you're helping people, you're discipling people and then they kind of take a wrong turn. Doesn't that just grieve your heart? Well, grief is the result of love. If you didn't care for the person, you'd just write them off and just go on about your business. But the, the real result of grief, I mean, the real result of love for somebody is that when they're not doing it right and they could hurt themselves or they have hurt themselves, you just grieve. You know, if you're a good father, you wouldn't beat up your kids. You, you'd want to have uh, compassion, empathy with them, You'd want to reason with them. You would want to talk with them to re-steer their life. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel said, Saul went to Carmel. Indeed, he set up a monument for himself, and he has gone around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Now, he really th thought he did right. He thought what he did was pleasing to the Lord. It's almost like he crossed every T, dotted every I. But Samuel, the prophet, what then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I heard? In other words, he was supposed to kill off all the livestock. But he didn't. And Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen. Now he's blame shifting. And the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, be quiet. Shut up. <laughs> Sometimes the mentor needs to talk. Be nice. And he said to him, speak on. So Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? In other words, at one time you were humble. At one time you were so sensitive to what the Lord was saying. What happened to you? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners. The Amalekites fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil to do evil in the sight of the Lord? So he thought he was doing good, but the Lord saw he was doing evil. How many of y'all know that's deception? 
But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission, he said. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took off the plunder, sheep, oxen, best of things, which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, has the Lord has has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. So the key to pleasing God is just obey God. The key to pleasing God is just do exactly what he tells you to do. Amen. So this morning, rather than talk about false prophets, which which is that is exciting. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Talk about false prophets. And you know, everybody likes all of that. So then they go out and they're very judgmental. That's not the way my teaching would be. That's not, I'm going to teach this, but it won't be today. So we're going to concentrate on ourselves. And for me to do this correctly, we have to examine ourselves. This is really good. We have to examine ourselves honestly. And we have to let the Holy Spirit be a part of this. You know, Paul talked about some people measure themselves by themselves, commend themselves by themselves. And so if we're left to ourselves to measure our lives, we all get A pluses and everybody else fails. And so that's why we need the spirit. That's why we need the word and we need each other. Boo, that ain't gonna work. No, that ain't God. You ever had to tell somebody that's not God? And they swore on the Bible. The Lord said. Let me tell you something. When you say the Lord said, he's listening. You think about it. God Almighty of the universe hears you say the Lord said. And he didn't say that. Where does that put us? That's arrogance. That's pride. That's stupidity. That's not wisdom. So be very careful about what you say the Lord said and what you say the Lord showed you. Just be careful. And if you saw an angel or something, make sure you saw an angel. <laughs> you know, if the Spirit spoke to you, make sure it was the Spirit. And the Spirit does speak to us. And you can see an angel. And you can hear the, vo the Lord's voice of the Lord. He does speak to us. But what I'm saying, we just can't flippantly. Just, you know, the Lord said this and the Lord said that. You know, you may read it in the Word, get a revelation. You got it in your heart. Just live it out. Okay, so first of all, in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, the Bible says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is really genuine. Are we in faith? Test yourselves. If you cannot tell that Jesus Christ is among you, it means you have failed the test. I hope you recognize that we have passed the test and are approved by God. This is what that means. Christ lives in you. The Spirit of God is inside of you. He can talk to you. If something's going wrong or you hear something not right, it'll just be a red flag. Anybody ever get that red flag you can't put your finger on it but just something in your spirit says nope no uh-uh 
It all sounds good, but just something is not right in your spirit. Now, that's the spirit of the Lord. And so we have Christ in us. And so we don't have to disqualify ourselves. We don't have to fail. We don't have to go against the spirit or the word speaking to us. Are y'all here? So I have four questions, simple questions, that you can ask yourself to avoid being self-deceived. We got to get this. Four questions that you ask yourself to see if you're being deceived or to avoid being self-deceived. Y'all quiet in here this morning. This could be the best test you ever take. I know you don't like tests. And God forbid we have to examine our own selves. We, we have an ability to measure fruit, count fruit, judge fruit on other people. But when it comes to us, we need to be good about this. You know, because if our hearts are pure, we'll encounter God. We'll see God. He'll visit us on a common occurrence. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, let no one despise your youth. We understand that. But be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity till I come. Give attention to reading, to the exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. Listen to this. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. That's talking about growth. People should see our growth. We should see our growth. You should not be where you were a year ago, spiritually speaking. You shouldn't live the same Christian life year after year after year and no growth. So my question is, you know, when you're in a boat, it leaves a wake. You know what a wake is? It's the waves. And so if you're living for Christ, what does your wake look like? What's behind you? What's around you? What's following you? You know, it, it should be healing, restoration, maturity, a softened heart, a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, a real hunger and desire for the Word of God. Come on, somebody, get a little excited. Or is it still chaos, confusion, blame shifting like, like Paul, partial obedience, which is disobedience, you know, just fighting God in some areas? Think about it. Where is God challenging you to grow? You know, we love our strengths. We love our gifts. We love our gifts. We portray our gifts. It's like ornaments on a dead Christmas tree. <laughs> Sometimes if you don't have real stability and character, and so, come on, somebody. Your progress will be known, evident to all. 
we have to examine ourselves. Are you the same as you were a year ago? Are you growing? Are you still stubborn in that area? Are you still not sensitive to your spouse? Are you still not a giver? Are you not hungering after the word of God? Are you not going with the promptings, the whispers, the proddings of the Holy Spirit? Where are you? Examine yourself. You know, when you go to a doctor's office for an examination, I don't know about you, but, and I don't go often, but I have. I'm not interested in a doctor talking about the LSU football game or his hunting trip. I'm here to get examined. It's really important to me. Examine me. <laughs> it's going to be valuable to me. I need to set some things in order. Maybe I need to do something different. Maybe I need to look at something in my body or do take some precautions that I hadn't taken before. Would you please examine me? You know, they take out the thing and hit your knee and I just kick them in the face usually. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you understand, you want to get examined, you want to get diagnosed so you can get back on the good road. And so if we're being deceived, like you're going to a doctor. You don't know what's wrong with your body. So he's going to examine you. And so in the, in the plays of life, man, we have to allow the Lord to examine us. And we have to be honest about it. And I'm telling you, some, and God's not cruel. And he's not a bad, bad father. And he's not one to whip you and talk down on you. But he will convict you of it. As a gentleman, Anybody ever get that in life by the Holy Spirit or through the word or, or through some authority? Come on, somebody talk to me in here. Yeah. I, this, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just trying to help us. We, we need to self-examine ourselves. Come on. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, but let every man examine himself, so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So all, is our life the actual demonstration of what Jesus did for us? The cost he paid at Calvary? Are we, are we really living out of that? What he spent on us? Are we... Do we love him enough to obey him? All he... I mean, come on, somebody. You know... Let's, let's look at it like this. Forget about everything you did for Jesus. Your ministry, your call, your work, your labor. It's not in vain. We just forget about all of that. And it comes down to just you and Jesus. No ministry. How are you with Jesus? We can get busy. Our gifts are not more important than our God. You know, one day we'll leave this planet if Jesus doesn't come back in my lifetime. I just want to go to heaven. That's easy, the blood of Jesus. But I want to take souls with me. And I prayed this morning in my office, Jesus, I can't wait to see you. 
I can't wait to see my master. I can't wait to see the one that died for me and gave his all for me. I can't wait. That's what's most important to me is pleasing him. Not people, not the crowd, not the media, not anybody in the public. I just want to please him. Come on, somebody. That's our aim. If you're aiming at anything else, you're off. He's bigger than your ministry. <laughs> He's bigger than your money. He's bigger than anything he ever blessed you with. He's bigger than your family. He's bigger than life. He's everything. Your lifestyle, what is it producing? And I don't want to get legalistic. I don't want to put a bunch of demands on people, but is your life, like Carl would just tell you, is your lifestyle, is it your, your manner of living, is it worthy of your repentance? Is it worthy of what Jesus did for you? So why do you do? Why do I do what I do? This is not... My ministry is not, it doesn't determine me and who I am. He does. I don't get my identity out of my ministry. I don't even get my identity out of my marriage or what my children say about me or my work ethics or what I have accomplished. That's not my identity. My identity is in Christ. He loves me. He's for me. So we need to ask that question. Why do we do what we do? What is your motive? You know, when I was a forester, saved, I just wanted to do things right. In, in this hectic business world, in this hectic arena of a bunch of sharks and greedy people, I just wanted to do everything right and just do it under the Lord. And I did the best I could, just like you do in this world. You want to shine. You want to be ethical. You want to keep your character. You want to keep your reputation. And it all comes through and by the grace of God. Come on, somebody. So what, what we do, it's, we do it because we want to please the Lord. I'm not looking for new friends. I'm not looking for attention. I'm really not looking for a big congregation. I'm just wanting to serve the Lord to the best of my ability, by his grace, by faith, and everything will come out of that. It's not what the Lord, it's not about me, it's about him working through me. Come on, somebody. Paul called, just talked about charitable deeds. Whatever we do, we do it unto the Lord. We do it heartily unto the Lord. And so the Bible does say, don't let your left hand see what your right hand is doing. You know why? If the left hand sees the right hand, you know what is going to happen? You're so good. You're so fine. You're the best. My pastor told me a long time ago, if you're always on your face, you'll never fall. Just humble. Just humble. And I mean, I know faith declarations. I know faith statements. We do that. But your heart has got to be humble. You know, I hear people declaring things that God didn't decree. It ain't going to happen. 
You better declare what he said. You better declare what he decreed or it's just a bunch of words. And so we're just humble before the mighty hand of God. We're waiting to hear his voice and what he has to say about everything. Y'all good? I'll skip that. Our life shouldn't be about power, position, or prestige. Yet we get power. We get positions of influence. And God blesses us. I mean, really, God blesses us. Some of us weigh a little more today because God blessed us. You understand? You look like a rail before you came to Christ. And now the blessings come. You know, you know what I mean? God just makes us fat in every way. How about, you know, it's, it's how, why are we doing what we're doing? Are you trying to prove yourself to somebody? I get around, you know, as a pastor, I just see people trying to get people's approval. That irks me. And of course, we want to be a good witness. We want to shine. But just because of an identity crisis, we need people's applause, man's uh, affirmation, and everybody needs a little of that. But you understand, Jesus, via the Holy Spirit, from the Father, gives us everything that we need. Stay humble. Remind yourself where you came from. I've had people in this church that God just took out the pits of hell, put marriages back together. They had a whoop de doo that would just grease up my whole parking lot. They didn't have a pot to pee in. They couldn't even take care of their own affairs in their life, and God just started blessing them, blessing them, blessing them, blessing them, blessing them. And there was a couple of people in this church. I remember telling them in a service, using them as a testimony, where they were and now where they are. And they came to me after and got mad because I pointed at their old life. Listen, if you're a son or daughter of mine, I know where you were. I know exactly. I know better than you where you were. You were in the pits. And for someone to be embarrassed of where they were and not use it as a testimony, not to stay there, that's a real embarrassment. But to grow up and be blessed by the Lord, come on. We need to give him some honor and we need to give him some glory. Don't forget about his grace. Don't forget about his mercy. Don't forget about the hole that you lived in at one time, Stephanie Harding. I ain't going to say what y'all used to do in my cell meetings. It's crazy. That ain't God. Did what? In the name of Jesus. What are you hiding behind? That's a good question. Are you hiding behind anything? Are you, Paul, Saul was hiding behind something. This is what happens to a lot of Christians, and this, this ought not be. It happened to Saul. This good illustration. We try to just balance everything off. We did it in the world. We did it before we were saved. We try to do enough good to cover the bad. And I find even Christians today in the church, rather than just dealing with the thing, they'll just build something over here and just kind of get the whole thing balanced. I told y'all, when I work out, I work out my chest. I hadn't done it in a while, so I can hide my belly. Because my belly is the problem. My weakness is my belly. 
But if I can make the chest stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger, it just kind of covers up my belly. And that's what Christians do. Rather than work on the weakness, they work on their strengths. You know, their talents, their giftings, they just run wide open in it. And the Holy Spirit the whole time is saying, hey, 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 let's deal with this or it's going to crumble down the road. Let's deal with this or you won't carry that anointing. And the Holy Spirit's constantly talking to us about that. Am I telling anybody the truth? The, do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? You know, Jesus told this bunch, I never knew you. You know what that means? The Greek word means that he did not have an intimate, personal relationship with them. Being intimate is a relationship. It's an intimate understanding of who we are and what we're doing and where we're going and who's leading and who's following. And he said, I never knew you. You love the power, but personally, you didn't care for me. <laughs> you love the gift, but I'm your God. Jesus had a little trouble with those people. Y'all still here? Yes. So Paul said, I'm not bad. I'm not evil. Look what I did. You know, you could be on the praise team and have, have things going on that God wants to deal with you about. But you can always say, well, God, I'm a praise and worship leader. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. Well, he gave you what you got. And now he loves you so much, he's just trying to deal with these little things, these hidden things in the heart. But oftentimes, things in our minds are okay. You holler and scream at somebody. And then we just, you know, everybody does it sometimes, really. <laughs> I never heard my wife holler and scream. Y'all know my wife quit smoking? Did y'all know that? She quit smoking. We had two young people in the back of our car one day, and they were talking about how addicted they were to cigarettes. And they told their stories and how God delivered them. And Sue said, I, I got delivered too. And they went, oh, Miss Sue, how? She said, after two cigarettes, that was it. How many of y'all know some are more addictive than others? If you are truly, take this measurement, if you are truly, if you truly have a heart for Jesus, you will never be deceived. That's how simple it is. If you have a true heart, you remember when you first got saved, it's just, it's just like the door was just swung wide open of this new life. And our hearts were pure. And our hearts were innocent. We were like little kids. And it's just like, it didn't matter. You know, God's got me. It didn't even matter when people did something wrong. God's going to take care of them. It didn't even matter when we did something wrong. We'd just go repent, and it was going to be all right. 
and man, we'd hear from God. And I'm speaking in the past, but I still live like this. But a lot of people don't. Their intimacy with Christ has been interrupted with the blessings that people have been given. Are y'all here? You know, the Bible talks about in James that we should put aside all filthiness, wickedness, and just receive the meekness of the word that our souls could be saved. And it goes on to talk about this mirror. Y'all ladies, y'all know about the mirror, huh? How long did you spend in the mirror this morning? I mean, 30 minutes! I like, I don't want to look at you. Grace. Grace. That's at home, but about here. Lizzie, how long? Lizzie, you're too pretty. How about it, Miranda? Huh? 20. How about it, Carl? <laughs> how about it? That's it? Sue, Sue, how, am I, how many minutes? The older you get, the more time, huh? I got you. How about it, Lisa? Just got to paint the bone if it needs paint. You know what I mean? Laney? And so this is what the mirror does. It shows you things are not right or they could be better. And so the Bible talks about don't look in the mirror of God's word or the law of liberty and walk away and forget what you saw. That's what's so good about God. He sees us right. How many of y'all know when we first got saved, this is what happened? We saw God right first. Then we started seeing ourselves right. And then we started seeing everybody else right. Our eyes were open because we started seeing in the mirror of the word of God. And so that mirror of the word is very, very honest with us. And we need to be honest with the mirror. Mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> How does that go? Who's the fairest of them all? Not you. Thank you. Fix this part. <laughs> but that's what's good about the kingdom of God. There's always a mirror on us. And if it's not the word, it's a word in somebody else. It's a pastor that's going to challenge you. Or a brother or sister in the Lord that's like, they love you too much. It's like, you really don't need to do that. Love you too much to let you stay playing in that area. That's what's good about the body of Christ. Iron sharpens iron. That's what's good about the body of Christ. You know, when we got a booger in our nose, somebody will tell us. You know how we are. Sue came up to me the other day, the last night. We kind of all dressed up, going somewhere at night. I had, you ever heard of a wild hair? I mean, it's a hair that just like comes out of your body like, mm. and then if somebody runs into it, it just cuts their skin. And Susan said, come here. And she said, I had these wild hairs growing out my eyebrows. It's like, oh my God, she said, how does this happen? And so she gets these foot-long scissors, and she just puts them by my eyes, and she just starts clipping. I feel them hitting the seats. I'm being a little facetious there. But I love my wife 
because when she sees something wrong, she helps me. When something's not right, she helps me make it right. And that's, way, that's the way the Spirit of God is. He convicts us. He will convict you of some things that nobody else is even concerned about. You'll talk to somebody. Is he like this with you? You'll talk to somebody and you will kind of maybe a little abrupt or abrupt or maybe a little abrasive. And nobody heard it, nobody saw it. And you walk away and the Holy Spirit's just dealing with you. Y'all know that? And usually we just could justify it. We could make an excuse for it. We could say everybody does it. But if we were truthful, the Holy Spirit didn't want us to do that. And so what we need to do is repent. Repentance needs to be a part of our life. If you say you don't sin, you're lying. Now you can go in life without sinning. I'm not saying everybody has to sin. But when the Word of God is speaking to you about something, and he's pointing at it, and it's not exactly right, you're deceiving yourself. You're lying to yourself. And when we deceive ourselves, we end up harvesting consequences in life, and oftentimes Christians don't know where it came from, so we blame it on the poor devil. I don't mean that, you know, he is poor. I don't feel sorry for him. But you understand, the devil gets more recognition, whereas most of the time it's just the flesh. The Bible says, give the flesh no provision. I'm telling you, most of the things that people blame the devil for is their own flesh. The devil made me eat four pieces of pie. <laughs> you know what I mean? The devil made me curse. We need to examine ourselves. This will grow you up quicker than anything else. Seeing your fault, seeing your dilemma, seeing your little area of uh, frustration, seeing your anger as a problem. You know, there's a mechanism coming out. They're going to have one, and I'm going to get the first one. And it's gonna, we're going to attach it to you and give you a number. And whatever you're thinking during the service, I can just pull up a number, and it's going to come up on the screen. Just what you're thinking. Sue said, oh, boy. Man, we need to get our hearts pure because God has a lot in store for us. But we need to be right in our conduct, our character, our conversation, our speech. And listen, you cannot manufacture this. This cannot happen on your, on your own. It's going to take the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask you this morning, where's your heart? Where's your heart? What's your next step? What do you need to deal with? Listen, I sat down in prayer the other day. I got a little distracted in prayer. I got bored in prayer. I can't believe the pastor saying that. Well, I just admitted it. None of y'all might. I just got bored. I just, I just wasn't in it. So I just started making a to-do list. 
And that dude got about that long. And I wasn't going to show it to my wife. And it got to the point that the Lord just began to deal with me like you will never fulfill that yourself. You're going to need me. And so I'm right back in prayer. <laughs> and you know, he just encouraged me, empowered me. I walked out of my house. I had a clear mind. I had some directions. And I just started knocking those things down just by the grace of God. We need the Lord. So what's your next step? What's your to-do list? And what's good about the Lord? He's not going to tell you a thousand things. He's going to tell you one. Just one. What is the next step? What do I need to deal with? What is the sin that so easily besets me? What is the thing that I'm entangled with? What's the thing I cannot get away from? What is it? Listen, you're a soldier of Christ. You're a minister of the Lord. You cannot be entangled with any affairs of this life. It needs to be broken off of you today. You need to move on from that place. I don't know what it, I don't know. What is it? What is it? Is it fear? Is it hurt? Is it offense? Is it a judgmental spirit? Is it, it you're too critical? You're angry on the inside. Lack of identity. I don't know. This is the quietest group of people I've ever. Is y'all did y'all like smoke some bad weed or something before y'all come in? Here? The deal. She kavasa da. Y'all okay? You okay? You're blinking. This is how I grew up in the Lord. My pastors would just get in my face. They just sit down with you. What you going through? What you struggling with? God forbid we do anything like that today. You know what you're struggling with. I see it all over your face. I noticed this. I noticed that. They didn't play with us when we were growing up in the Lord. They wanted the best for us. They were not trying to hurt us. They were trying to get to us to help us. Come on, somebody. Listen, if, if we don't deal with what the Lord is speaking to us about today then our tomorrow won't be the way he wants it to be we'll miss out on something and so this is really not about sin it's about hearing the Holy Spirit it's about dealing with what the Lord is pointing to he just points that finger you know the doctor will come up to you and he says does it hurt there does it hurt there hurt there and then he says hurt there and you holler you scream it hurts there well he was looking for where it hurt so where are you hurting where are you suffering where are you falling short come on this is the marines in Christ man this is the navy seals in Christ this is not the boy scouts or the cub scouts <laughs> you understand this is where we we, we gird up. This is where we get strong. This is where we lay things down. This is where we sign up. This is where we spirit up, word up, strengthen up, anoint up. Thank you, Lord. I feel like if you just were serious with the Lord, he'd be serious with you right now. There's something in your life you can't shake. Stand up right now. It's going to shake. 
it is going to shake. It's going to shake off of you. I appreciate you guys being honest. I appreciate you being honest. I'm standing too. How about that? Your pastor's standing. That's okay? We need, we need some things shaken off of us. You know, when we started this weight control thing, it's like a new slate. It's like we starting over. Forget about the past. Forget about what you did, what you didn't do, what you ate, and how much you ate. Just start over right now. Let's just get aware of what we put in our body. And so that's what this is all about. It's just shaking loose that thing that has you in a bind or limited you. It's just getting the Holy Ghost, getting with the Holy Ghost and getting that thing off of you for good. Put it past Put it to pass. Put it out. Put it away. There's some honest people here this morning. I feel it. I sense it. You know, some things you can't do by yourself. It takes a touch of the Lord. It takes a touch of the Lord. Fire! A touch of the Lord. It just takes a touch of the Lord. You coming out of it, girl. You coming out of it. You coming out of it. I felt like she's out of it. <laughs> the Bible says he causes you to lie down in green pastures. You know why? Because we can't do it ourselves. We can't even get in the right place at the right time. He causes us. There's something about he causes us to do the right thing because he lives on the inside of us. He causes us to be where we need to be, when we need to be there. It's by His Spirit. Not power, not might, not anything a man can do. It's by His Spirit. He causes us to get saved. I couldn't get saved by myself. He causes us to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I could not get filled with the Holy Spirit by myself. He causes us. I couldn't give. I didn't want to give. I'm too tight, stingy, but He causes me to give. He causes me to be in my call. I can't heal myself. He causes me to be healed. I can't restore myself. He causes me to get restored. I couldn't get my marriage right, but he caused me, worked in me and through me to get my marriage right, raised my kids right. He caused me to be strong. He caused me to contend with the things of the Lord. There's a cause. <laughs> he causes us to live holy. He causes us to repent. He doesn't force it. He just causes us. He causes us to sing. He causes us to walk in our gift. He causes us to be faithful. He causes us to walk in the light as he is in the light. He causes us to surrender to Him and to praise Him with everything that we are. He's a good God. I sensed something in here I never, I hadn't sensed. Just a solemnness. Usually people by now run into the altar screaming, laughing, hollering. 
You're under examination. Just let the Lord point to it. This message is for you. It's not only for this young lady. It's for you. Jesus. Somebody here, you really struggle in relationships. And there's a weight behind you that just shows it. And it's something you need from the Lord. You need His love. You will never love until you allow Him to love you and forgive you and hold you and embrace you and console you in your time of trouble. I want to pray for those that are struggling with relationships. It could be in church, out of church, in family, on the job, just struggling with relationships. People, 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 people. It's all about people, 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 people. Your whole life is revolving around what people didn't do or what they did do. Just people, people, people. I feel like if you run up here just by faith, just come up here by faith and let the Lord help you. Just come, people, people, people. Your problem is people. And that's what you, you call to help people, but your problem is people. I got it. I understand it. Ministry would be great if it wasn't for people. Business would be great if it wasn't for people. My rental property would be really good if it wasn't for people. I mean, your praise and worship team would be great if it wasn't for people. And so <laughs> we cannot struggle here. We must get past the struggle with people. Turn them over to the Lord right now. Just turn every person that hurt you, every person that did you something wrong, turn them over to the Lord. Some of them are probably dead and gone. You're still struggling with those people. Let them go. I'm telling you, you let that person go. Forgive that person, whether they're dead or alive. Just in your heart, forgive them. You will become a better person. You will become a better person. It hurts. It's so damaging. It's such a scar there. Just forgive that person. Just forgive that person. <clears throat> when you truly forgive those people, you'll begin to see the person of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Father, and the person of Jesus in a new way like you've never seen them before. Let that person go. They've been Lord of your life. And the Lord's not going to share himself with anybody. Release that person. Release that person. The Lord knows. The Lord knows. The Lord knows. He's healing you right now. He's healing He's healing. That's the anointing. This word was sent to you to heal the broken heart. 
He's healing you right now. It's the beginning. It's the beginning. An inward healing. 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 That's why we're not stable. That's why we can't stay in one place. Because we need a healing. It's healing. 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 Got to see people right. The ones you hate and so disgruntled with, if you're not careful with unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment, you'll become just like what you hated. What you see is what you'll get. Heal. 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 I appreciate y'all being so open to the Holy Spirit. Heal. Heal. The Lord's going deep, deep within. The Lord's healing. He's going deep, deep within. The struggle's real. But release those people. Just release them. And the struggle will subside. Release. 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 Just release them. Release. You, you, could, you could stay sick. Release. You could keep ailments in. Release. Release. Just lift up your hands to heaven. Just let the Lord wash you right where you are. Just let the Lord wash you. You're not evil. You're not evil. God has a gift of healing he wants to give you right now. Just let him touch you. Just let him touch you. We need to be whole in our spirit, soul, and our bodies. Turn around and look at everybody, Shane. Just turn around and look at everybody. Y'all look at Shane. Because you will never see him like this again. He, not that you look bad, but y'all watch the transformation that begins to come to him. Just begin to watch it. I think if we stare at you long enough, we'd begin to see it. You never had front stage, did you? Get ready. You don't know what to do with yourself, huh? This is a touch. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. You don't have to try any longer. It's over. You don't have to strive any longer. It's over. You don't have to labor any longer. It's over. It's over. When's the last time you cried? Yesterday, same thing. There you go. See how good the Lord is. He knows. Man, 
Sam, what's going on over here? You okay? Isn't it good the way the Lord speaks to you? He saw your heart. Just surrender. Give him your, give him, I mean, <laughs> if you're going to give yourself over to somebody, give yourself over to the Lord. I promise you things will change. Just yield from this day on. Just yield. You're going to start doing things differently. There's a lot of things in your life. There's a lot of irons in the fire. And the Lord wants you. So you're going to have to set some of those things aside. Some are good, some are bad. Just set some things aside and give the Lord some time. Let Him just work in and through you. That's what He's going to do. He's going to work in. He's going to work too. He's going to work for you because He wants to work through you. So just... You ever got arrested? What you do when you get arrested? I got the gun. Look, what do you do? I got the gun. What do you do? Raise your hands. Raise your hand. That's what you do. A real thief, a real something went down, you did something wrong, and the Holy Spirit just comes and arrests you. But it's a good arrest. You rest. He forgives. It, it just works out so much better if we just say, yes, caught, got you. He got me. You're right, Lord. How about it, Trina? Come come a little closer, Trina. Trina, we miss you. I feel like something's about to happen with you, girl. Just the things you've been waiting on, the things the Lord spoke to you about. He's redirecting. give yourself to him. Don't back out. Don't pull away. Don't draw back. Don't step away. There's a hunger developing in you. You can't do it yourself. There's no other life fulfillment but in Christ. So just get ready. Get, get ready. The fire of God come upon you. Never the same. Never, ever, ever the same. I don't mean to belabor the point, but God wants to heal some people here tonight. Tonight, today. Might be here to tonight. You know, when you were up here talking, and I said this to my wife. I said this, and this is not a negative, because you're growing in the Lord. You really are. And when I say something's on somebody, see, we have layers of the world on us. So when I say something's on somebody, I'm not dogging them out. But I told my wife, I said, behind that layer is a beautiful, beautiful heart. And there's a couple of layers of things the Lord's unpeeling right now. And 
we will not recognize you. Just let him do it. It's good. It's good. I'm talking about a, I, I saw an attitude coming on you of like, who are you talking to? Do you know who I am? I mean, I'm saying that's, that's not in her right now. But I saw that, like said, what? You, what? The, what? I see it. And God's taking it off of you. It's a process. So keep the pace. Be persistent. Persevere. I'm telling you. Turn around. She's going to have a new look on her too. And I don't mean they ugly. I'm not saying that. I mean they're just transformation. Countenance changing. Amen. We kingdom of God needs you. You're a soldier. You're a tiger. <laughs> That's that Terry the tiger. Amen. Well, we never leave. You just got to leave. <laughs> you go when you got to leave. Sama se que te la pasó.